today on CityCast Denver. The Brazilian company JBS is the largest meat producer in the world. The operator of that giant meatpacking plant outside Greeley, and to me at least, increasingly a symbol of everything ugly and wrong with the American food system. Yeah, JBS, as you might remember, was the site of a very large COVID outbreak last spring. More than 290 workers got sick, six employees died. I spoke today uh, to the uh, governor of Colorado, Jared Polis, about uh, an outbreak at a particular meatpacking facility. We have learned the White House's promise to send testing kits to the JBS plant in Greeley has not been kept. The Federal Department of Labor is fining JBS Foods for failing to protect its workers from COVID-19. The fine is just under $16,000. JBS's net revenue last year was $51.7 billion. Which is why I was so shocked to learn that the very same JBS has been quietly launching a new plant-based protein company. And they're doing it right here in Denver. I asked the same question, obviously. And here's what I know. Darcy Mackin is the CEO of Plantera, the wholly owned subsidiary of JBS that they hope can corner this new market and make Denver a plant-based powerhouse, or at least a solid backup plan in the fight against climate change. Today is Wednesday, July 26th. I'm Paul Caroli, in for Bree Davies, and this is CityCast Denver. Darcy Mack, and welcome to CityCast Denver. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. All right, so I want to start with um, what I hope is a question you haven't heard one zillion times, uh, and it's a big question. How is the plant-based sausage made? <laughs> I have not heard that one zillion times, so I do appreciate that. And it's and especially out of the gate. <laughs> <laughs> the the, uh, the plant-based sausage specifically, it's a very technical term, but it's emulsified. So when you think about the burgers, the grounds, the meatballs, these are formed products. We partnered with actually another Denver company with Mycotechnology, and we use a fermented, uh, it's actually a, a patented just for us. It's a, it's a shiitake mycelia fermented pea and rice protein. And cool. okay. yeah, it's, it's actually a brilliant process. So Mycotechnology is a really brilliant company actually in, as well in Denver. <laughs> so that's unique. That's unique for us. But regardless, it's pea and rice protein. And everybody has that, but ours is a little bit better and different. And then um, really, then you just have natural flavors and, and of course, in the binding ingredients. So you, you put all of these things together and then with the flavoring, you can, you know, really make it pretty much anything that you want. And that's how you get, whether it's sausage or a beef, you know, alternative or whatever you need it to be. And then you get into the texture and that's the special sauce. So that's where we get into what makes and sets us apart. And that's how we make sure that it's not just flavor and it's not just taste, but it has to be the texture. Um, and that's what we're making that's more unique, um, specifically in Denver that helps our sausage stand apart. And then we can make it, whether it's spicy or maple and, and get into different flavors as well. Right, because like real sausage has that, those like little chunks of like animal fat and like cartilage that, you know, that's when, right. it, when it's in your mouth, you got all sorts of different textures going on. That's So right. that's what you're talking about. Yes. mimicking and and you can get into different size of the the texturized protein to really mm -hmm. help with that mouthfeel um if you really wanted to get into mimicking meat and we find that some people want to like try to replace the meat some people just want a delicious tasting plant-based patty 
And so mm-hmm. we really want to, you know, we're for the masses. We're for the people that just want a delicious tasting uh, plant-based protein. Hmm. So that mycelia stuff you mentioned from that mm-hmm. other Denver company, is that is that mushrooms? That's exactly right. Mycelia is the root of the mushroom. Ah, so, yes. And that's okay. where the goodness is, right? So you actually get into the root and then you can ferment off of the root of any mushroom. And um, so it's really fascinating what they're getting into. And we used them just for this reason, um, because it helped with pea protein specifically, it's not as benign as soy. So you really have to, when it comes to the aftertaste and overall experience with pea protein specifically, make sure that you're masking a lot of that kind of bitter taste. So you can kind of do anything with the base elements here, the pea protein, the mushroom root. Like you said, it's all about the flavoring, Mm -hmm. but this category is so new. Like you can do anything. How are you all like figuring out what people want and what people will pay for? Maybe more importantly. Well, you're exactly right. I mean, this is key to our success because we could get easily distracted by the shiny object here because in, we have to stay focused and um, especially knowing that, you know, with our, you know, with creativity, you can say, wow, I can make that better. You can literally look at any protein that's currently being sold today. And our team can say, I really believe I can make that better anywhere from deli meat, right. To, you know, a, a pepperoni to, I mean, anything that's currently a protein, mm-hmm. you can think about it in a different way. So the key to success is a slow build and building a brand from scratch. I mean, that is hard enough as it is, especially up against giants that have that 80, 90% household awareness. We need to establish ourselves as that go-to credibility. Wow. If it has the ozone name on it, it must be delicious. I should try it. That is our job first and foremost. So let's get into the categories, into some basic food forms that people aren't afraid to try then, which is why we got immediately into chicken and bacon this year, just because people are so used to going to beyond and impossible when it comes to the beef analogs. And we said, all right, let's try something different and go a step further with the seasoning. And then once we start establishing people, you know, get a reputation, we can talk to people, build this loyal fan base. Then we'll start thinking about what's the next category. What's the next category? Because it is about pacing. And it is about focus to make sure that we're exhausting everything where we can and we're not moving too fast and spreading ourselves too thin. This episode is brought to you by the Colorado Wine Board. Because the wine community here is like surprisingly robust. I mean, think about Bigsby's Folly and Infinite Monkey Theorem here in Denver alone. And there are urban wineries all across the Front Range. Then there's the Western Slope, Peonia, I mean, Palisade, hello, Palisade Wine, are you kidding me? It didn't used to really be a thing, but from what I hear, it's very much a thing now. There are more than 165 wineries across Colorado to explore, and they produce all sorts of wine that reflect our unique culture and climate. So finding a label that you're going to love is easy, no matter where your adventure takes you. Discover it for yourself and support local winemakers at coloradowine.com. That's coloradowine.com. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So you've alluded to this already. Uh, you've also framed Plantera as uh, something of a little guy going up against the giants in this space like Impossible and Beyond Burger. Uh-huh. But Plantera is a wholly owned subsidiary of JBS, one of the biggest meatpacking companies in the world. Mm-hmm. Why did a giant meat company like JBS <laughs> want to get into the plant-based protein market? Yes, it uh, doesn't seem obvious, <laughs> um, especially um, knowing their global reach. It's, it's really incredible. And I asked the same question, obviously. And here's what I know. They have done so much research and they, they know the future and they can see the future. And that's where they spend a lot of their time is because a commodity-based company couldn't be more different than a CPG company, than a consumer packaged goods. And I say that because a commodity-based company is constantly looking towards the future and towards the competition. And, and we're talking about beef, like the Correct. global beef market. That's, that's the future you're talking about. That's the commodity we're talking about. That's right. And so they're always looking at what's out there, what's going to be next, wh- you know, wh- what's the world gravitating towards. And if you just follow the math on the increase of population, the increase in demand of protein, animals and even land cannot meet that demand. And that's really what our selling story as well. That's why we sell to flexitarians is what we call it. We sell to meat eaters that know that they just want to flex in plant-based protein once in a while. We don't sell to just Mm. vegans. There's a, the mass amount of people are very interested in just adding in plant-based protein into their diet, but they also eat meat. That's actually me as well. I probably eat meat, you know, probably three days a week. And people have different motivations, whether it's animal welfare, sustainability, health reasons. Everyone has a different motivation or interest in it, but the demand isn't being met in terms of the choices. And so JBS said, okay, there's, it's, it's not going away. It's, it's staying out there and we need to have something in the game. And so not only we want to create something from scratch here in the U.S., but also we're going to spend all of our time and effort in buying things only in non-animal proteins. So they purchased a a 30-year-old plant-based company called Vivera over in the Netherlands. Another one in the UK, they have 20 new partnerships with cultivated meats. So JBS is 100% all in as well as their commitment to net zero by 2040 with, uh, you know, towards the, um, sustainability, you know, and their commitments and what they have to do for the earth. And I think hmm. it's really special because they, they've put these commitments out there. We, I actually meet with um, the, the global leadership team every six months where there's a scorecard and how everybody's doing. Um, they're very, very serious about this. And plant-based is just one piece of that scorecard um, and what we're doing about it. Gosh, that's so fascinating that a company like JBS is seeing these global trends Mm -hmm. 
in the in the meat market and with climate change and with mm-hmm. the demand for protein and that the result is this very innovative and interesting plant-based protein company here in Denver. I think that is just the most I love that. I love thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Um but it, it, is that what JBS sees for the future? You said that they know the future like is this plant-based trend just going to keep growing and growing or do they see this some other way? Well, whether it's in the form of plant-based or, um, you know, whether it's cultivated meat as an ingredient or fermentation, you know, they, they have a partnership with a couple different fermentation companies in this fermentation they can, you can actually use fermentation that would turn in for proteins into animal feed. So not even human consumption, but animal consumption, right? So even thinking about gas emissions, using those gas emissions into more animal feed. So we're not using protein and land to waste on animals, right? So thinking about that in a different way, I I think is so key to our future, knowing their accountability and responsibility for the amount, right, of the environmental impact that JBS has just from animals alone. And so it's not so much a trend, I wanna eat more plant-based, but I think more people, especially outside the US right now, are so much more aware around whether it's health, like I said, all these different motivations all come together on just different choices you can make um, that it all kind of leads to eating less meat. Hmm. How how do you personally, like, feel about that on a day-to-day basis, running this plant-based protein company within a giant meat conglomerate, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. are you a backup plan? Are you, uh, are you the hope for the future? Well, you know, it's fun. I actually, these, the JBS leadership team are fun, fantastic people because they're very, um, salt of the earth, competitive people that just want to win. And they actually view me as an, like another lever to how to win and and not as a competitor, but someone that's on the team, that's someone going to help them win. And Hmm. so they're cheering for me. Right. And, and I, they see me as like, okay, you better be, you better beat beyond an impossible. (laughs) And so they're, they're, you know, what can I do to help? You know, why aren't you going faster? What's taking you so long? You know, so these are the questions I get from them. And wait, wait, um, wait, wait, wait. Why aren't you going faster? Right, they're, exactly. they're, they're crushing the market right now. How are you guys doing? Not great. <laughs> it, hmm. is, it is frustrating. It's taking us a very long time. We have some phenomenal food. We know it tastes better. Honestly, it's been a lack of distribution. And our number one focus this year is getting it into the hands of consumers. So we are out there sampling. We have vans going across the country. And we're a partner. We're the number one plant, or the plant-based protein of the Denver Broncos. And we just announced last week that we're the plant-based protein of the Chicago Cubs. <laughs> I mean, literally <laughs> trying anything and everything, but it is it is painful to take this long. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you launched what in 2019, and we're going on three years now. I mean, pandemic, I guess, notwithstanding. Right. The plant-based protein of the Denver Broncos. That's mm-hmm. quite cool. Do you know about any specific players that are interested in this? Or like, have you had any contacts? I'm obviously picturing Russell Wilson holding a plant-based burger and smiling in a commercial. Yeah. But I don't know how realistic that is. I would love that. I would love that. I know he's interested in plant-based. A lot of athletes are, which is fantastic for us. Um, it just helps again with that myth of you have to eat meat to be strong. And so our burger sold in the stadium. Uh, so when you go to the concession stand, we do sample outside uh, of home games. 
So whether it's a player or at the games or yeah, again, we're just like going, you know, trying to get our name out there and people to try the food. Well, there's one last thing I have to ask you about this, this JBS connection. And that's, I think a lot of listeners out there, if they're familiar with the company, it comes with a lot of negative baggage, mm-hmm. uh, negative connotations. Like, you know, here in Colorado, I think a lot of people would think about the big feedlot ranch mm-hmm. thing, factory farm. I don't know what you call it up outside of Greeley that GB, JBS mm-hmm. owns that had a lot of COVID outbreaks, um, famous for like tensions with uh, people that work there. What do you say to people who are, want to eat more plant-based, who are interested in these products, but who are concerned about this new trend being dominated by a company that they don't trust, like JBS? Well, I mean, with anything, right, with any news, there are there's two sides to the story. And, you know, being so disconnected from JBS uh, honestly, what I see and what I hear are, are, for like everybody else are always two different things. The one thing that we always have in common at Plantera with JBS, we share the same mission and values. And I know they're very, very strong at the core. And so for people I would think that are frustrated or maybe have a view of JBS, I would just say that they're investing in the right places and they keep the employees and consumers at the very core of decisions that they make. And that even comes with investments in the future. And, you know, when you invest and choose Ozo and Plantera, you're truly choosing the future in plant-based and, you know, best for the environment, for yourself, for health, and for the right reasons. And it's not necessarily indicative of what, how that connection is to JBS. Hmm. What, what are, what do people misunderstand about JBS? It's funny because when I received the phone call in 2019 about JBS and I had lived here for five years in Colorado, I did not know who JBS was. I had no idea. I had to look it up and it was 45 minutes up the street. And I think most people, the one thing that it's, that keeps coming up is people, JBS does not have a reputation. Nobody knows who JBS is. I work for Kellogg's and that's a 119 year old brand. And so should they build, should they put money behind a reputation? Should people understand who they are because they are putting money back into the community? Well, that takes a long time and it takes a lot of money and resources as well. And that is a question that comes up quite a bit because do they say they've always stayed silent and done the right thing? Well, that when you become the number one, you know, protein company in the world, you're, you become, there's bad things that come with that as well. So you do have to actually have a PR team that talks about the good things that you do. Yeah. And I think that's what the struggle within the humility is one of the values and they struggle with humility with also, with also telling people all these good things that they do. So that's why I always say of seek to understand and get to the source of the truth. Um, Cause a lot of good, there's a lot of good with, with the bad. Well, Darcy Mackin, I think uh, that's a perfectly good place for us to wrap up here. Thank you so much for speaking with me this morning. Thank you so much um, for reaching out several times. And we look forward to having you to the plant. Uh, I can't wait to show you the process, the food, um, and stay connected. I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to see it. I've got a lot more to say about Plantera and the state of plant-based protein in Denver right now. And I know Bree does too. We're going to talk about it soon and we want to hear from you. Do you have a favorite plant-based protein product like Plantera's or maybe a favorite dish like the Impossible Whopper? 
Or do you just want this new food trend to die already? Email us at denver at citycast.fm or leave us a voicemail with your name and neighborhood and you might hear it on the show. That number is 720-500-5418. And here's what else Denverites are talking about. What do you think is the highest grossing restaurant in the entire state of Colorado? Go ahead, I'll give you a second. Think about it. I was surprised to learn this week that the answer, according to Business Den, is Timberline Steaks and Grill, which is located in the dining hotspot, Concourse C at DIA. The popular steakhouse's bottom line is going to take a hit this month, though, because they got busted for serving a Coors Light to a minor. So if you're traveling before August 24th, keep in mind you won't be able to buy any booze from Timberline. Their liquor license has been suspended. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell a friend about us? Rate the show wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to our morning newsletter. Where today, Peyton's explaining why Coloradans should be expecting Tabor refunds in the mail soon. Get that and learn more about us at denver.citycast.fm. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye.